back to The Greater Fools, a show where a few friends try to discern life's greatest questions. This is your co-host, Chris Gibbs. As a prelude to the episode, today we're talking about millennials, including the good, the bad, and the ugly. We talk about society's expectations and judgments, but we spend a good amount of time going through our opinions of our own generation. As always, you can find the footnotes in the description of the podcast. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to The Greater Fools, episode number two. No one thought we would make it, but here we are. We made it. Defying all the odds. Chris? <laughs> Why would you pass that immediately to me? Uh, yeah, so we're back on The Greater Fools, episode two. Uh, actually, it's episode 2.1. We did record a <laughs> really unairable episode two right after episode yeah. one. The legendary hidden episode. <laughs> that yep. one was like 10 beers deep that no one will ever hear. <laughs> I had to edit out like... <laughs> I mean, it took me an hour to edit the first episode, and if I was to try to edit the second episode or the second recording, it would have taken, like, at least a couple, like, two, three hours. And the result would have been about five minutes long. <laughs> yeah, <there's laughs> I'm not sure we said anything that was uh, appropriate to post online. A lot of names and proper nouns dropped. <laughs> what is our uh, our topic for round two? So episode two, we're going to be talking about millennials, and these guys are are stoked for it because I've probably ranted to them maybe 20 or 30 times about how much I hate being called a fucking millennial. <laughs> uh, so That's what your boss calls you, right? Oh. Chris, he, the fucking millennial. <laughs> Gibbs. It's funny. He is a millennial, and he gave a presentation on millennials in the workplace and managing millennials even though like he manages somebody who's like 47 gosh hashtag me too am i wrong and he's like 35 <laughs> yeah me me too shit that's a bad one <laughs> well that could have been adam why'd you have to say my and name and here we go with the editing about two minutes in <laughs> all right before we drop too deep into the millennial conversation let's get some introductions going at least you can hear me uh, so, <laughs> so last time around, I actually gave a round of introductions where I compared myself to my friends and I actually took that from a, a writer named Jason Pargin. Mm. Uh, he's on a couple podcasts, but I way to be original. I, here's the thing is the best artists steal. His idea was that you, you want to like come in and lowball yourself. That way people think you're hilarious. When you like came in as uh, what, you're what sandbagging it. Yeah, you're sandbagging people. Classic tryout technique. Yeah, <laughs> but then also <laughs> that, that's, that's what Adam did to uh, that was play at varsity tennis, varsity basketball. No, when you're when you're uh, doing tryouts for little league baseball, they always say don't sandbag it, and then they got to give you a definition because everybody's eight years old. But that's how you learn the term. What is a sandbag, Adam? Mm. <laughs> to the ask the expert. What is a sandbag? The non-millennial, what is a sandbag? Well, <laughs> Adam's the youngest here. Yeah, in a baseball sense, uh, to give a little bit of a definition, they were afraid that the kids would, uh, during tryouts, p- 
you know, act like they were terrible. And then secretly, you know, they knew one of the coaches, but then the coaches wouldn't uh, have to waste a high draft pick on them. Basically, um. everybody, everybody else thought that they were bad. And then, oh, your little in. league had a draft. <laughs> Didn't intense. Uh, yeah, me neither. We just signed up for I our know. teams, <laughs> <laughs> paid our five dollars, and called it good. Thank you, Sandy County Rec. Thank you, Waterford <laughs> Ravens. One <laughs> A is tough in Utah. Yeah, another sponsor. <laughs> <To be> what? <laughs> let's uh, let's not do the whole sponsor joke again, though, because I did have to say that none of those people <laughs> were our sponsors. Did you, did have, you to have to? That? I really had to. <laughs> I don't think you had to. <laughs> Unnecessary disclaimers. No, it's okay. Jamie will put it in the footnotes. <laughs> we don't Jamie? have an editor. <laughs> uh, we need a Jamie so bad. No. So what is it, what is a sandbag? What's the actual? Um, is it analogy? What's the saying? What does that saying come from? I have absolutely no idea. Mm, interesting. Oh, is it like, oh, this person wants to be in a higher weight class? That wouldn't make any sense to put a sandbag on the scale. Um, I'm trying to think of what that would be from. I'm about to have a Google, and I'll get back to you. Oh, cool. Oh, well, while while he's Googling, I'll kind of explain. I, I really wanted to sandbag myself mm. um, <laughs> and really build these guys up to a level where they couldn't where they uh they couldn't possibly be um i guess they couldn't possibly live up to the expectations that i set for them so um to to start this episode again um let's see i uh i, I guess i'll start it off um so my name's chris gibbs uh we have michael brazil adam aldis and sam wilkinson here with me Woo! um you know to kind of get things rolling um, if Sam is a professional football player, in, in this scenario, um, me, Chris Gibbs, uh, I would be like um, that that kid who is not the water boy, but the water boy's apprentice. Mm. That one. <laughs> See, you're teeing it up again. <laughs> yeah, you have to tee it up every episode. Or every people episode. Will understand. It, our listeners may be just now for the first time listening into this first episode. We don't want our listeners to think too much of you, Chris. <laughs> exactly. And I really want them to think way too high of you be, like to start the episode. Yeah, so I, I want to so let them down. <laughs> so that we fall flat on our face. <laughs> Would let we d- let them down gently, like <laughs> subtly. <laughs> so in, in How I Met Your Mother, if uh, so Adam is... Barney Stinson, mm. um, and and in that show, I am NPH. The, the goat that makes an occasional guest appearance. Um, oh, that's I thought you were gonna go with pineapple. The goat is a step up. Well, the pineapple is pretty cool. Uh, pineapple is a little too cool. It shows up in every episode, probably making bank. The pineapple you know show <laughs> in every episode somehow. The I pineapple? No, I have no idea. Hundred percent. You can have a Google. Put it in the show notes. It's there. Hundred percent. In the show notes, right. who who does the show notes, Mike? Are you talking about Psych? <laughs> Are you talking about the TV show Psych? Because there's a pineapple in that show. Uh, Adam, you're so right right now. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, Mike feels fake dumb. news. Fake news. Hey, anyways, yeah, next up, uh, you know, Mike feels <laughs> dumb right now. But you you should really understand that. Nice sandbag, sandbag. If oh, Mike is Sean White uh, on mm. at like that level, um, then I would be. Uh, Jerry, Ooh. if you will, um, for our listeners, Jerry of the day is who I'm speaking of. I'll drink to that. Yeah. So, uh, on behalf of Mike Adam and I, uh, if we, if if Chris is God, <laughs> then we are his disciples. So I think we've leveled the playing field here, and we've all sandbagged ourselves, not to be confused with teabagging. 
It's good that we w- went with like all fictional characters in this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Boom! Shots fired. Sorry to our <laughs> one or two. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Sam's grandma, who mm. apparently listened to the first <laughs> episode when Sam was drinking three soda pops. <laughs> or to paraphrase, soda <laughs> pop. <laughs> soda pop. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's an inside joke on the first episode. So Guys, if you haven't listened, go listen. It's it's phenomenal. Yeah, shout out and plug for the episode that we filmed just prior to this one. I really want to dig into the stereotypes of millennials and why we're better than people say we are. Let's uh, let's set the stage first, though. What okay? What is a millennial? Um, and for this, we're gonna ask the uh, the expert Adam Aldis. Mm. Uh, well, I have the Wikipedia article in front of me. Dude, you don't have to cite your source. I'm going to put it in the footnotes or the description of the episode. It's faster this way. Uh, it is defined as, well, It's the technical term is we are Generation Y, mm. uh, a.k.a. Millennials. And it's someone born from the 1980s to the mid-1990s mm. and up to even maybe 2000. It's kind of a rough estimate. They're not saying uh, these specific dates make you a millennial but if you're kind of born in that area then people are likely to call you a a millennial all right so if we're talking like uh so if we're talking about like age groups i remember the baby boomers before the baby boomers was it the greatest generation ever or were they after the baby boomers somebody walk me through that like timeline i honestly don't know the timeline i'm gonna refer to the guy with the phone and the wikipedia article do we have a clip Run it, Jamie. <laughs> we we don't have any clips. Looks Actually, like. I thought about potentially adding Olivia Munn to describe what the Greater Fools was, but uh, are we any closer to helping people understand what the Greater Fools are? Uh, do we cover it? Uh, it's hard to tell. I mean, mm. if there was somebody who wasn't one of the Greater Fools, one of the Greater Fools, maybe we could have described what it was. Greater no, Fools in fifteen seconds or less. We should just name names of people that are the Greater Fools, like to a T. Like, who would be a great example of a greater fool? Well the, th- well, the thing is, is that the greater fools, they don't necessarily show up in history on your, like, oh, man, these guys were the the greatest, you know, investors or the greatest, like, businessmen of all time. Because these guys took risks. These are some of They didn't ca- necessarily succeed in those risks. They're kind of a cautionary tale, right? They are technically a cautionary tale, but they took the risks that allowed other people to make those great leaps. Mm-hmm. So if Thomas and... Thomas Edison had never actually successfully created the incandescent light bulb. He paved the way. But yes, he paved the way for the guy to actually create it. He took the laid risk, out the map, the the actual build up, right? And so you don't know the guy's name who actually created the mm-hmm. light bulb in the end. Obviously, it was Thomas Edison, probably. Um, there was all uh, arguably. Anyways, uh, but yeah, the guy that paved the way for for everything. Yeah, I think just giving examples of people that did it, it's a good way to understand it. Giving you an example of people that weren't the greater fools, but the ones that succeeded in the end. Taylor Swift, not the greater fool. Like the people who uh, (laughs) tried to fly before the Wright brothers. Mm -hmm. Those chaps. Or, you know, all of the young women who are writing about their ex-lovers from high school that were before Taylor Swift. That flight uh, example is a good one. Icarus, right? He tried to fly and and he flew too close to the sun and fell out of the sky. He was a greater fool. Good talk, Adam. Nailed <laughs> okay, I think all <laughs> four of us coming in at halftime. <laughs> all four of us are in completely different pages with the Greater Fools. I Let's mean, I'm be on honest. the same page as Olivia Munn. 
<laughs> but the are great, you? <laughs> the greater fool in That's economics easy. is definitely the guy that that will like set the price of like a commodity or something. Do mm-hmm. we think there's one sound definition of the greater fools? Well, if you uh, no. Google it and look at the Wikipedia page, <laughs> there's like Sam. I told you <laughs> it's in the footnotes. <laughs> it will no, no, no. But the the first thing that pops up just. You know, to put this out there, it's the greater fool um, explains that the price of something is uh, whatever amount that the greatest fool is willing to pay for it, right? So if I'm trying to sell my old Ford Pinto, um, you can try to come up with some values of the parts or whatever. Um, but the greater fool theory would say that if Adam is willing to pay 20000 for it, then that's the price of the Ford Pinto. And you can't argue with that because he's willing to pay fair market price for it so sam isn't a millennial he's <laughs> actually he was he's considered the greatest generation ever because he owns a ford pinto still <laughs> and he's trying to sell it if anybody knows a buyer <laughs> this is actually a classic car uh podcast <laughs> yeah, i know nothing about classic cars yeah i really just wanted sam to be on the episode so i invited him to the classic car episode <laughs> unfortunately uh he really took that to heart so this is the same classic uh <laughs> Never mind. All right, Adam. We won't get into that. <laughs> what, what is the list of like generations previous to? Yeah, what have you learned for Mr. Expert Adam? Teach us. You're like Bill Nye right now. Uh, yeah, I've I've learned quite a bit. I've learned that uh, some traits of millennials. I want to start there. No, 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 no. I I need the I need like what's before, what's after the uh, the millennial term, and then I would love to hear some traits of millennials. You want you want me to list the names of the generations? Yeah, yeah, and like what. Like, what are we talking? Like, my grandparents, my parents, my uncles. I really need a computer and both hands to be All doing right. this. I'll, I'll go ahead and take Adam, this one. Take Women never want that answer. <laughs> <laughs> we, mm. We've got the greatest generation. Birth starts at 1910 to 1924. Mm. So this might be, uh, could possibly be some grandparents in there. Grandparents and, and great-grandparents. I love grandparents' names. Yeah. <laughs> I hope those come back, like Vern, Luana, Wilma. <laughs> you don't get those anymore. Marshall's you kid don't is, get those anymore. Marshall's kid is named Norman. So Ugh, that's bring a great start. One. That's a great one. Bring that back. Bring it back. We have to have him guest star, just for the record. Soon. The silent generation between 1925 and 1945. So that's going to be, again, a lot of our grandparents, I believe, could be kind of in that early area. Well, I don't want to make assumptions probably, probably about. great grandparents until you're at the, like the 1940s. You ha- your grandparents were born after 1945. Not my parents were born right. in the 50s. Yeah, my I guess my grandparents were born in uh, the 40s, the 30s or 40s. Yeah, so I'd, I'd, I would guess the silent generation. That's a lot of our grandparents, and then of course the baby boomers, which is going to be most of our parents in that area. That's 1946. Sorry, shouting out. Yeah, we're giving you a 20-year range for our parents' age. <laughs> Hope that's still okay. Uh, but between 1946 still and 1964. <laughs> and then Generation X, also known as Baby Bust, mm. 1965 to 1979. And then we're getting into Generation Y. All right. Mm. That's Wait, a large that's, span for Generation, Generation y. y. And then we're at Millennials after that. How do they even come up with these parameters? Wait, we are at millennials after that, though, right? And then after millennials is Generation Z. Z. Okay. Uh, sorry, millennials or Gen Y. They're the same. Okay. Wait, wait. So we're Gen and then, Y. Yep. Yeah. And then Generation oh. Z, according to this article, uh, says it starts at 1996, actually. Oh. 
Um, another article said 2,000, so... Yeah, there's a lot the of conflicting reports. Yeah, how do they actually come up with the parameters? Will like you guys call them and it? see which one's, like, what what's actually real? Please, please <laughs> what, do is, what does that mean? <laughs> what is actually real? Like, fake news versus, like, real news. No, I don't think there is a hard definition. Okay. It's an arbitrary classification that right. isn't standardized. Maybe, Maybe we can discern who's in what generation based on the traits. Adam, take it away. <laughs> I'd love to talk to you about some traits. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yell at you after you tell me the traits, though. These are just a couple people. Well, I don't think you're going to hate this right off the bat. You're going to hate what, uh, you know, the general public says, but some of these authors, uh, they, they like you. Common characteristics. Um, Civic-minded. Strong sense of community, both local and global. I think you Point. like that. What's wrong with that? Talk, talk, talk about that. Do you do you think that you are civic minded and you have a a, a local and global community? Tell me more. Well, <laughs> I, a, I, I I do enjoy that. Yes, I I want to know more about the good traits that I tell have. Me more, tell um, me more. <laughs> specifically, me though, not other people. Tell Question dodge. Yes, millennials. Keep going though. Keep going. I know there's more than that. Except for I'm I'm coming in hot. You ready for it? Unless what you're reading is written by a millennial, and then I'm guessing it's all good. <laughs> Seven basic traits: special, sheltered, confident, team-oriented, conventional, pressured, and achieving. So that's a mixed bag. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I would take every one of those. Some of them are a little sheltered. I mean, what does special mean? I don't know what special means. What does sh- yeah, what does conventional mean? I don't know. These are open-ended adjectives. We're pressured, but we're also achieving, so <coughs> that like can't a, be bad. We're like a diamond. People say we're lazy, but maybe they're wrong. No, we just all embody the four-hour work week. So you definitely read a list written by millennials because Time Magazine says the me, me, me generation, millennials are lazy, entitled narcissists who still live with their parents, although they did say... Why they'll save us all, which is Are nice. Are you saying that Time Magazine knows more than William Strauss and Neil Ho from Arkansas? Arkansas I don't know. They seem to know. They about. seem to know what they're talking about. They're doing research. I mean, you feel good about it, but you don't know. I mean, like, what's the general feel? Like, talk to a coworker somewhere and be like, "What's your take on millennials?" And not just you, because I think that. And we'll talk about this, but like why we maybe feel like we stand a little bit apart from the others. Well, um, or not just others, but why we think the general consensus is probably a little off. But what what do your coworkers mm-hmm. feel? What are your advisors, teachers, whatever feel? Th- there's certainly a, a negative view and a negative connotation with the term millennials. I mean, Simon Sinek, um, who have you guys heard his rant? I, I oh, yeah. literally pulled up an article that I read, and I just want to make sure I get his wording perfectly mm-hmm. before I yell at him on, <laughs> on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need uh, more g- beer. I need to, <laughs> I need to so, get a little more drunk before so he, I yell. I mean, the name? funny thing is, I think he might be a millennial. Beer I'm not sure his exact age, but I think he's either a millennial or right on the cusp. Uh, but anyway, he had this video that just went viral. You can check it out in the show notes. It's not a um, TED Talk, is it? I'm not putting it, that it's in not the show a TED talk. Uh, he said, it. <laughs> it actually it might be a TED talk now that I think about it. Um, 
but he just rips into millennials and talks about how we're so distracted and we can't get anything done and you know and basically paints this very 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 grim picture and anyway he's an author and he i i think part of his motivation might be to sell some books no, and say hey get on. organized uh, yeah he's a pure soul. <laughs> which he does have some you know his books aren't terrible um, what is his, his really famous books book? books are fucking terrible, Start with why. Sam. Okay, me, they're okay. Let me explain to you why starting with why is the Starting stupidest, with why, that is... Stupidest thing <laughs> Hold you've on. ever listened to. Before you to. do that, let me sandbag red, Simon Sinek real quick. If Simon Sinek was Andre the Giant in Princess Bride, then all millennials would be... You have to finish the phrase, <laughs> yeah, Mike. This you isn't can't point to us. Fill in the p- I wanted something. that to be like a tag team sandbag. <laughs> Just because you set a precedent doesn't mean that we can like Wait, what? drop it down. No, okay. So here's what? the oh here's the thing about Simon Sinek. What he talks about in in the and I listened to the audio book. I didn't. I, I have the book. Unfortunately, I've literally contributed to him twice now. Um, but the start with why. He talks about like the limbic brain and and how it like feeds into the um, like how your brain works with the circle of like where he talks about, you know, why is in the middle and then like what is like the next level and then the, the level after that. I, anyways, he talks about how your brain fits along with his circle. It doesn't at all <laughs> operate that way. Like your brain <laughs> fires at like different levels. I just oh, where he had that diagram of like a yeah. that was shaped like a target. He's like, yes, here's di- what a human is like, and and I wish I could remember specifically what the, <laughs> the target was, but I'm a little too many beers in at this point. But that's so dumb. It, it's not at all how the brain operates. Like you can, I mean, Sam, can you kind of explain a little bit more about how a brain actually operates and how it doesn't operate from like the outside into a circle, like a target? So the brain is actually really simple. Oh, God, Sam. Just, Everyone, just tell us if it's <laughs> true or not. <laughs> it's certainly not a target. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> they're actually... People don't know this about the brain, but it's made up of a lot of very, 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 very small people-like creatures that run around carrying boxes full of information and mm. dropping it off and just... You're losing us, Sam. You're losing us all. No, no, that's, that's not Neurons. true at all, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. So we... I mean, the... The anatomy of the brain and and the physiology of the brain are quite complex, um, and people are, you know, doing a lot of work to learn more about it. Um, but I can tell you this much: it's certainly not a target. And I think it's interesting, though, looking at Simon uh, Sinek, who I actually saw at a museum one time, stared at for about twenty minutes because I knew I recognized him, but couldn't figure out if it was someone I knew from my own personal life or if it was someone I'd seen on TV. And then finally made the connection, and I was like, "Oh, that was cool." Well. Definitely not going to talk to him. Got to get out of here. 20 minutes is a while. It was a long time. Somebody told me that I looked a little bit like like Simon Sinek, and then I told them that I hated them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I hate that guy. If you wore glasses, I could, I could kind of see it. I, it um, it's a like very vague description. I, I don't look like Simon Sinek. But in that interview where he talks about millennials, <laughs> he talks about how they confound business leaders despite being given a purpose and free food and a ping pong table and bullshit like that. And it's like, uh, we confound business leaders because we want a work life balance. It's like, fuck you. (laughs) You don't want to spend time with your family and kids like, Oh gosh, let's, Oh, I need to simmer. 
a little bit. I agree. Well, it, it, it no kills filter. Me. Yeah, good. <laughs> Judgment free zone. We have like thousand listeners at this point. <laughs> so we, I mean, the interesting thing, um, millennials. The reason why this is offensive to a lot of millennials, and and I don't know, offensive is probably the wrong word to use because people are going to listen to that and say, oh, millennials being offended again. They're offended by everything. Um, but the reason why it's pretty bullshit hearing all these people rip into millennials, millennials do things differently. And you know what? Everyone needs to do things differently. Otherwise, you're just going to get passed up by everyone. Um, millennials like to do things quicker, smarter, faster, get it done, be out of there right? They're open to folding more recreation into their regular work schedule. Um, you're not going to grind for, you know, from eight to five. That doesn't make any sense. You can look at any neuroscience research. It doesn't make sense to have your head down working constantly. You need to switch between your focus brain and your diffuse brain. Your diffuse brain, kind of this more relaxed mode of thinking is really, really important to mix into your uh, your regular schedule because that's when you're going to come up with creative ideas that's when you're going to avoid this uh, there's a term called i uh, i don't know if my pronunciation is right um einstellung anyone has anyone heard that term sounds german einstellung sounds i think it is german up. but anyway it, it means <laughs> it, it's when people come up with this uh regular thought that they have this thought on how something works and they can't see around it because that one idea is so ingrained it's like this uh, law of nature to them and they can't see around it but operating in your diffuse mode helps you helps your mind kind of see around how you thought things always existed if that makes sense you know i'm really excited to listen to what sam just said sober because i <laughs> i've listened to the last podcast a lot trying to edit that shit and I <laughs> sam said the only profound thing <laughs> in the entire podcast about well so i think you're you're kind of referring to the book thinking fast thinking slow where they talk about system one and system two it's like amos traversky and oh, daniel kahneman it's so where good. i mean you have both systems uh, and a lot of times we just are on autopilot and you actually find that digesting information can like being on pi- on autopilot can actually be beneficial but like from a standpoint of like cognition and learning you know you got to be in that kind of active brain system what do you feel adam the expert i'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was are we gonna keep doing this yeah every, every podcast every damn every podcast. podcast get used to it buddy <laughs> i love it well you want some stats that wikipedia is throwing at me uh, let's not jump away from the system one and system two thinking and and how maybe millennials process those two systems differently or maybe we like uh we use system one and system system two of like okay slowly thinking about things well here here, here's how i look at it like we automating we are trying to be a bit more thoughtful about the work we do as opposed to like work just harder 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 it's more work smarter i one valid 100 percent agree like uh, there was a really good example that uh, Joe, actually, your brother, gave me, um, and it Shout was talking to Joe Wilkinson. He was actually talking about a conversation that he had with your other brother, all three of which graduated econ from Westminster the same year, 2013. <laughs> uh, shout out! <laughs> yeah, shout out uh, Westminster. Great year. To another be uh, <laughs> another sponsor, Westminster College. <laughs> they really would wish that we never said their name, but uh, <laughs> uh, but no, in the conversation that Joe and Ben had. Ben was talking about how somebody at uh, his work had explained like their process of like reaching out cold to customers is like 
if you know a little bit more about one company and think that they're a little bit more likely to need financing, like you should reach out to that customer more than you should you should reach out to other customers and like don't try to hit more customers try to hit the customers that are more strategic like better or more often so, so again that's think pro- smarter yeah not, not or sorry think uh, think sorry. smarter not working harder work yeah work smarter. smarter not harder and and that does i mean sometimes working harder i guess if you're calling that same customer over and over and over again that may be a little bit harder um but it's it's different so like but yes you are thinking a little bit more about what you're doing you're being more thoughtful like well, you were saying Mike. then in addition to that like there's the pareto principle which is pretty much made famous by tim ferris which is like find the four econ classes <laughs> no but like for mainstream honestly like you read the book the four hour work week you're like pareto who the hell is this italian guy pareto and it's it's all about finding kind of that archimedes lever for whatever you're trying to do and finding the biggest input to get the most or the most efficient outputs we should all talk about or i guess in another episode one day we should talk about like a pareto move um and and talk about whether or not we think it's uh it's like actually possible um <laughs> like a, a win-win a real win-win scenario um but mike go on you're i mean talk a little bit more about that actually kind of explain it a little bit better to the listeners okay so there was the dozens of them. Yeah. So there's this really cool guy, Pareto, Italian guy, who had this theory that turned out applied to all walks of life. They found it in various studies, whether it was in talking about economics or whether you were just talking about um, people who work for you and most valuable people that actually work for you and create the most um, efficiency. And the whole idea is around that 20% of the work that is put in gives you at least 80% of the results. And you can apply that to just across the lines. And it shows up again and again and again. Um, When I first started, I was very, very skeptical of it. But it's just as I've read more about it and heard it come across in a lot of different places. Like, Sam, Adam, have you heard of it in various fields? or? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely I have. It's it's a common phrase that I've heard from many different people, business owners uh, among them, and they say in a business or an organization or what have you that 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that can be applied individually, maybe a, you know 20, 20% of your own individual work or, you know, as a collective, but the same principle applies. Yeah. Tim Ferriss had an interesting example uh, where when he uh, he was running his company and he realized that 20% of his customers were, we're taking up 80%. Worst. Yeah, we're the worst. And we're <laughs> taking up 80% of his support time. Yeah. And so he just dropped those customers and freed up 80% of his time and lost a relatively that, small amount of business. That was one of, of the bigger ones to me is thinking about that 80% of your company's problems are coming from 20% of your clientele. And then finding out, are they, is that 20% that's the most shitty actually giving you the majority of your, like, how much are they giving you profit-wise for your actual company? Like, how much are they actually paying you? And then if you apply, like, the Tim Ferriss modality and you're just like, oh, I'm going to drop you. It's tryouts. It's Pareto tryouts. And you're out. (laughs) So uh, there's this. What's his first name? Pareto. It starts with a P. 
Wilfredo. Wilfredo Pareto. Okay, so it doesn't start with a P. Yeah, but he did create the 80-20 principle. It's a really cool but bizarrely accurate just thing I, that shows up. I definitely agree with you that like the 80-20 principle was made famous by like Tim Ferriss in the 4-hour work week. Um it, it's good in in like freeing up, you know, 80% of your time mm-hmm. by, you know, cutting 20% of your customers. That's awesome. Or no, wait, sorry. Did I say that right? Cutting 20% or yeah, cutting 20% of your Yeah, that's right. Mm, clientele. Clientele. No, it was 20% of his clientele or Oh yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah so it, um like not everybody can afford that, right? True. Unfortunately, not everybody can afford it. But on the other hand, like if you can afford to cut that much of your time out of your day, like just I mean, drop it like it's ugly and <laughs> like make <laughs> other things work. And I think we understand that, mm. but like maybe other generations have not thought that process through all the way, and they're they're just gonna work through having to like get like that eighty percent of their time, or give that eighty percent of their time to the twenty percent of their customers that are just taking up too much. Well, Adam, you had a bunch of stats that you wanted to run by us, and I took away what Mike was gonna say. Mike, Mike, you say what you were gonna say, buddy. And, well, and finish your beer. You're taking too long. <laughs> it's beer number four, but who's counting? Me tonight. I'm curious. My core's immunity. You <laughs> just counted. We we have a we have a tally on his arm with a sharpie. It's it's adorable. He's it's like where Michael Scott the episode where he invites the people from Benihana's. <laughs> <laughs> he marks the her two, arm. The two waitresses. <laughs> the two Asian waitresses. And he's like, which one came out of the and womb? He's, <laughs> he's singing John Mayer to both of them. He's like. But if you want love, he's like looking between the two. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> so he gives one of them a bike. Your body <laughs> is <laughs> one of them. You had me. You had me at bicycle. All right, Adam. Hit us with some stats, bro. I really bro. want you to throw out some well, statistics. Well, do you, do you want these? Were, this is going back to, I'll do some music you know, what background. makes a millennial a millennial. You ready for it? Depends. Are you going to cry if I yell at you? <laughs> you're, you're not going to like this. This first one, at least. Go ahead. Uh, millennials are 16% more narcissistic than yeah. the older generations. I'll take it. Wh- who's measuring that? Myself. Who, who's measuring this across the board? Uh, uh, a 2016 study by the SYZYGY, a digital service agency. I don't know. That's who's doing it. They took the narcissistic personality inventory. What is narcissism? Uh, well, they define it for you. <laughs> Would you please? There's explain. the narcissism of extroverts, characterized by attention-seeking behavior, power, and dominance. And then there's vulnerable narcissism, mm. described as the narcissism of introverts, characterized by an acute sense of self-entitlement and uh, defensiveness. Yeah, I felt both of those in middle school. It was it's a tough like time. It's like the excessive but interest in yourself. Like yeah. I, that's yeah. what I've always understood it is well, like and the self entitlement I think the self entitlement is a key phrase here because I think that's uh that's tied with the phrase millennials quite often you know unfortunately I actually like I see narcissism in like my peers, but apparently we are apparently the data says that we are sixteen percent more narcissistic. Where's that data coming from? How do you, do you measure want me narcissism? To, do you want me to say it again it's the s y z y g y 
which is a... I was trying to pass out beers when you were saying those <laughs> words. Yep. It's just an organization, but it seems pretty reputable. So isn't... So the word narcissist comes from uh, the Greek the mythological... Narcissus. Figure, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. I, well, narcissist was the character's name. And this character was Greek. so obsessed with their beauty that they would stare at themselves and they eventually in the river. And the, the individual actually ended up falling into the river and dying. Because they are so obsessed with their looks. And I don't know. There's a lot of questions. Greek mythology turns out some of them, some of the stories are not real. You so know, as it turns out, Zeus I is a made up character. Wait, 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 wait. Elaborate. But some of them nailed it. <laughs> but Poseidon's real. Poseidon is the only one that's been scientifically Poseidon proven. And Sebastian under the sea, right? Hashtag flat earth society. Narcissus and Sisyphus walk into a bar. <laughs> okay, Mike, thank you for that. Uh, moving on. You we can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I could, but I would rather not. It's funnier one. Are you ready for this? It's dry. Uh, there's more? People who consider <laughs> wealth a very important attribute. 45% of baby boomers consider wealth to be a very important attribute. 70% for Gen Xers and 75% for Millennials. So they care about money. Yeah, I want to <laughs> make money, Adam. What What are we talking about here? These are facts about millennials. Do you like them or not? Wait, I, I don't understand. Like, is it a bad thing that we want to make money? Well, and we live well, at that's home. That's up to you. But the, it's like that's up to you. There, there's the the conception out there, the perception out there uh, of millennials, and you said you don't like that. But the perception is that we, uh, you know, are money crazy, and it's true. But does that bother you? No, I I sell harder because I want more money. Well, so maybe being called a millennial is not that bad. No, maybe not. But also, like the whole, uh, what were the three things that Time Magazine said? Um, is this the article on avocado toast? Or no, that was a politician that said the reason why millennials can't afford to buy homes is because they spend all their money on avocado toast. Have you see, does everyone remember that? Oh, that's a real no. quote. Jamie? cue the video um anyway but you if you do on the math you you do you run the math on that obviously it's it's absurd but you could buy avocado toast from a nice indie i don't know corky restaurant for every single meal every day of the week and it wouldn't come close to paying for a mortgage but that's just a side rant yeah hmm. but paying for a mortgage is something that you own then I know, I know, but paying a mortgage is a good investment. So the the or buying a house is a good investment. Right, right. <laughs> shout out, but to that's you heard it here. Boy, first. hold on, Adam. Shout out to so Chris. are you saying the reason why millennials can't afford homes and aren't buying homes is because they spend all their money on avocado toast? Not I do at all. like avocado. Not at all. You're right. I've, I I did read that article, and yes, that also pissed me off. There, oh shit. There's so much that makes me angry about the whole situation, mm. and like that whole. And it was Time Magazine that said that there were lazy, entitled, and narcissists. Um, Simon Sinek does say that it's our parents' faults that we were always told that we were special and we were given participation trophies. But like, anyone I'm, seen Meet the Fockers? Yeah, there you go. I am the most competitive person I know. Yes, um, that's narcissistic too. Uh, no, actually, Adam's pretty fucking competitive, and Sam will yell at you <laughs> if he thinks he's right and you're wrong in terms of a game. <laughs> uh, wait, which game? Uh, like Spikeball? 
if if there's even a questionable call. <laughs> Sam, you're fucking competitive. Don't don't try to deny it. I know that. Everybody <laughs> knows that. Adam, you are too. You like you you know that episode or not that episode, the movie The Sandlot when mm-hmm. uh the chubby kids like Oh, losing is like kissing your sister. <laughs> that reminds me of you, Adam, because you hate it so, so bad. I do. So I do. bad. <laughs> it drives me crazy. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. Mike, you don't seem like you give a shit much, but. Uh. <laughs> well, that's so not true. I think Mike is way competitive. Well, that's the sandbag. They're just. He's not boisterous. And he's not super boisterous about it. Like, com- not compared to you two on that black couch there. I, I don't agree. know. I agree with Chris on this All one. I remember is the first two times I beat Mike in ping pong, he was pissed. Really? Mike? You know what Mike's you know what Mike's really competitive at? Trying to get numbers from girls. Oh, I kicked his fucking ass at that. Well, hey, I'm not saying oh. who's good and who's bad. And <laughs> really? Shots fired. Shots fired. This episode is spiraling out of control. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying that he Mike is very competitive in that nature. You know, um, now Mike Mike is actually better he, now than he was. He and takes he it personally. Used to do, he didn't used to try as hard. You were not with him at Lake Effect a couple weekends ago. No, that's what I'm saying is now he's like super competitive about it. But like a year and a half ago, no, he wasn't. Not at all. Yeah, I buy that. Mike? <laughs> well, <laughs> I love so I much love, for throwing that to I, I, I love having Where the conversation like Mike um, is in the room and on this podcast. I know. Sidebar, Mike. You're <laughs> this, back. This is Adam speaking. <laughs> so, where do I begin? I think I'm pretty great at most things. And the whole narcissism thing you were mentioning, just completely irrelevant. Mostly just for me, though. We do love Tony Stark. <sighs> Anywho. I don't know. I I think I'm pretty competitive, but just depends on the actual thing we're competing for. Rank yourself between us four. We should Regarding each competition. <laughs> yeah, we this should each so rank ourselves. If I'm the most competitive, then you're really bad at this, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't understand. You should that. let me do. That. I don't understand. Those are like weird analogies. I don't, like, no, I'll, they're I'll great analogies. I, they're like mm. you you set somebody else up so high that they no, can't but possibly was, live but up was, to those expectations. It was so obvious when you were doing it. We were all like, "He's clearly doing a skit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's the point. Is that I'm trying to set you up so high <laughs> in terms of expectations <laughs> that you can't possibly live up to them. Yeah. Is this one of your sales strategies? <laughs> Got ya. <laughs> Hi, Frank from gotcha, uh, Company X. It's <laughs> an inside joke with myself. If, <laughs> if you are Tom Brady. <laughs> did it land? Did the did joke it, land? It was dry. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I thought we were only doing wet jokes this episode. No, I remember the one two fingers. two fingers for wet oh, I didn't see any fingers. I've been looking for if fingers you don't, all night. If you don't understand that reference, go back to the first episode. God, we are making too many inside jokes for our second podcast. Fuck that. If they're real listeners, they'll go back. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, we don't need any. The diehards. The diehards start with episode one. By the way, guys, I'm so proud of how I've been holding the mic. All right, let's Dude, rank I, lists I ourselves. have seen the concentration <laughs> on your face this <laughs> entire time. His his beer hand has been shaky as shit today, but his his microphone hand, he's been blowjobbing it the whole time. <sighs> Good. Longest blowjob of my life. 
<laughs> it is over two minutes, so no surprises there. Tell you what, Sam, you've stopped drinking oh. beer, I've noticed. Just barely finished this one. Oh, your second. <laughs> it's fine. Numero it's fine. Trace. It's fine, Sam. It's fine. He can hey. drink as many soda pops as he wants. Soda pops. <laughs> Hi, Grandma. <laughs> that was actually really funny, by the way. <laughs> I, I love that joke. Uh, Mike, I'd like you to stack rank us in competitiveness. And let's in see where you think you are. Um, I feel like that's an awkward question. What's awkward about all Oh, we're going to be pissed yeah, by we any of the answers. Adam, Adam, I'd like you to do it because Mike is a little baby. Well, we're back. all going to. I think we should all do it. I'll go first. <laughs> I, I want my baby. I would back. put me at the top, then Chris, then Sam, then Mike. Okay. Interesting. I would put me at the top, <laughs> then Adam, <laughs> then Mike, then Chris. Are we making everybody's Sam's just saying about that just millennials? Just to throw a wrench into the mix. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Mike, go for it. Um, Regarding just competitiveness, like I want to win at these things. We've like, literally played like thousands of games together. <laughs> yeah, just competitiveness. Um... Honestly, I've seen different varieties of competition depending on what we're doing. Like if so we're average, average those all. So if we're like running, then I feel like I see people that like aren't haven't done it as much are less competitive because like I no, can't do it. No, we're not saying it. competitive is in like who's the best at each individual. No, but like thing. how hard I'm gonna try. Like I watch, I see varieties of like how people actually approach it based off of how much they've done it. But or how never, confident. But you've they seen are. all we of us at those starting stages, so com- so compare. No, if I seriously, if I was comparing like competition-wise for how people approach running, like when we're running as a group, it's completely different than say how I would see how we're playing a game of ping pong. We're all like, waiting if I'm for watching, your answers, Mike. No, <laughs> I'm so curious. Wait, no, I, now I want to hear those two. No, no, let's go with those like, two no, specific if I'm examples. Watching, like ping pong, like I'd say like Adam's probably the most competitive. If I was saying like. Running, That's I would because say I'm the I best. Debatable. Ping pong. Uh, who's got a winning record now, bitch? Debated. I'm pretty Debatable. sure I still do. Mm, maybe okay. Last time we played, we were I was super drunk, <laughs> and uh, but before that, I had beaten you like three straight games at Lucid. I don't want to hear it, and it was two games. Shit, I can't say that. <laughs> 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 I have to edit this again. All right, somebody remember 1392 because it doesn't it's a count good by seconds. That was a good year. <laughs> it counts by like so count. So just give us a generalization. Oh, overall. Yes, an overall rank. Okay, so I'm clearly the most competitive. Okay. And then Sam, and then Adam, and then Chris. I actually would say I agree. I, not not necessarily. <laughs> what in the you said? You were the most <laughs> competitive <laughs> about five minutes ago. I think maybe like two or three years ago, I was the most competitive by far. I think I would get a, as angry about ping pong as you do, Adam. But does about anger everything? equate to comp- competitiveness? But some anger and losing does com- like equate. Yeah, to that's competitiveness. that's half of the coin. No. You show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. I live by that, and I love it. But I actually think that <laughs> debatable. <laughs> it's a great saying. It's Sam, a horrible into saying. The microphone, Sam. So that is a terrible saying. When I say a wet joke, uh, we're just confirming confirming all the stereotypes for millennials right now. <laughs> Mike, you were doing so well until you ice cream cone that one. 
Well, haven't we all been there? <laughs> I do enjoy ice cream. But in the last few years, I've definitely become less competitive. Not less competitive, but I am, like, okay with situations where I'm not the best at something. And I hated. I mean, I, I still hate losing, but I've maybe become better at, like, coping with the fact that there are people better than me at things. Right, you've realized your strengths, and you can stay in your lane a little bit. Like ping pong, Adam. Like when I smoked your ass on a regulation court. I'm Turns out you haven't learned. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm still I'm still a competitive person. I'm not saying I'm not a competitive person, but I Sam can tell you, I like yelled at girls because they couldn't catch a football in an intramural football game before. Who hasn't done that? Like they need to find their place. <laughs> Shout out to Andy Larson. Adam, I cannot believe you just <laughs> said that. Andy would do that. Andy's more competitive. <laughs> Have you seen than I Andy ever was. No, play? Andy just has less EQ. <laughs> 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 uh, we're, if anyone's wondering, we're talking about we're talking about the Andy. Jazz correspondence for games. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna give I was gonna give a fake last name and I'll then Chris that. just <laughs> you just Chris dropped just so many names it. in a row, Chris. I I'm. I will. Uh, all right. Somebody remember 1392 and 1467. <laughs> <laughs> what what significant things happened in those years? Uh, well, Columbus in 1497. Yeah, you're 100 years off for Columbus. Columbus. Austria attacked Turkey, but when they thought they were attacking Turkey, they actually attacked their own army and killed almost 10,000 people. So if you're having a bad day, it's probably not that bad. So you had a bad day. That was actually like 1778, but <laughs> it was like right after the, the, um, sorry, the start of the American Revolution. Um, but I thought 1497. Maybe I'll remember that now. Do you cool. guys want to hear an absolutely <laughs> disgusting story? Yes. Oh, after he tells this story, we gotta tell oh, him. tell you stories. the best story you've ever heard. Please, okay. Thank well, you, we're gonna lose all of our listeners do, do with this story. These, <laughs> does either of these stories have anything to do with millennials? Other than actually, they do. This is well, a millennial yes. physician. All right. All right. So there's this YouTuber who's a physician. He's a general surgeon, and he had this patient. Um, and he he tells this story on his YouTube video about this patient. Um, under the premise of. Uh, stop fucking complaining about med school. Your life could be a lot worse. And so he goes on and you're like, okay, well, screw this guy. This med school, you know, is hard. Um, and he talks about this patient. He had to do a, a rectal exam on. Um, and mm-hmm. he, at this point, has done tons of them. And so he doesn't really have to look. He can just kind of go down and, and do it by feel. Um, sorry if that's gross for anyone. It's about to get a whole lot grosser. Um, so he has this patient. <laughs> Wait, about- Sam, this is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> False. <laughs> so this this patient False. is in their their forties. So this is, this a, is an adult only. This, <laughs> and uh, he can't find he he can't find the rectum or the butthole. Mm, um, and so he. Have you been there? Uh, have you? Butt jokes are good for all ages. Oh, Adam, you and your butt so, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Mike. Oh, Chris, no one can oh, see man. us. No one would have known. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't sound anything alike. Oh, okay, are you so ready for this? Right. Are you ready to have your mind blown? Yeah, so he can't find the butthole. So he can't find the butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so he looks, and there is no butthole. What? And he's like, wait, what? 
Um, does anyone here know what a fistula is? Ooh. Has anyone ever heard of this? That sounds <laughs> erotic. Where you poop out of your vagina? So he has an anal or a rectal, or this lady had a rectal vaginal what? fistula. And so where there should be an opening for <laughs> the anus, um, that tube, instead of going out of the body, connected Surfing to the vagina. It's right into the vagina. So for over 40 years, this woman had been doing number two out of the vagina. <laughs> she thought that was normal? And she thought that was normal, 100%. Me too. Oh, Isn't that a, insane? I yeah, would Google. I would. Yeah. So your life's not that fucking bad because. Dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Where were the parents for this whole thing? Great how question. Did, how does Great this question. slip through the cracks? That's what I want to That's a know. pun that oh, I will appreciate. That is the <laughs> grossest pun I've ever heard. <laughs> that is disgusting. Butt joke for anybody? Oh. Okay, now I want to hear it. There's a story that Chris has been hyping us up on, Hold on. all day long. Just before that, we got to just... I am amazed by the human anatomy at this point. I'm learning more and more rooming with Sam. I learned so much about... Is that when you run around human. naked together? There's no, that's a different time. Fuck Tuesdays, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, it's, that, it's, that story is about two millennials who have decided that weekdays are hard so they wake up and they curse the morning together <laughs> and i love it i tried it with sarah but she really didn't enjoy it <laughs> give it time you, was, you call me on and uh we'll do it together over the phone oh i would love that buddy let's, or let's do it we could do that on one of the nights that you end up crashing here <laughs> hell yeah dude I can't or we could do it at uh your place of work when we're playing ping pong boy those days are fun uh, story time. Okay, so the story, I man, I really probably overhyped this story uh, earlier today when probably. I text these guys at 9 a.m. Uh, so <laughs> Sarah gets this call at like 7.30, which, I mean, I, I woke up at 7, so it's not like I was just waking up. Um, but Sarah's still in bed, and she gets a call from her friend who is a millennial that Time Magazine was describing minus the saving the world <laughs> like <laughs> so minus tell like us how you really feel about her <laughs> a millennial with of none of the attributes no actually i actually like this person a lot because she's been really really good friends to sarah in fact like she's done really nice things that i i wouldn't have even thought of but Sh- I, should we call her carmen as in carmen san diego uh, no, we're not going <laughs> to say any names here because I might slip and I don't want to rhymes edit with anything <laughs> again. <laughs> All right, so please don't do that, Michael. <laughs> I really wanted to so bad. I know you did. I, you know what? I was I was actually the first person to mess up last time, unfortunately. Um, so it's I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to try to keep this smooth, though. I remember my first beer. So she calls her right after it happens. And, oh, jeez. It it, I'm on my, like... I have four here. Anyways, uh, so she calls her this morning super early and uh, and says, uh, by the way, you guys you guys have heard or met even her boyfriend who seems like a nice man who cheated on her. Uh. So he's a fucking asshole, which mm. is why I'm OK telling you guys about this. Uh, he cheated on her and then like blamed the girl that told like her <laughs> like oh this is so high school that you're telling her so like yeah i really hate this guy 
and uh <laughs> and so this just made the story so much better um her friend called her and told her that she found this bag <laughs> when she went to go use his blow dryer this morning or not blow dryer the, his hairspray this morning so <laughs> he has hairspray he microblazes his fucking eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so she goes to <laughs> use his hairspray on her hair and uh and she finds a bag behind his like hairspray and uh the bag has uh male enhancement pills called extends. no <laughs> are you serious <laughs> in the I bag. Love it. oh my <laughs> god i love it <laughs> and get this <laughs> like so no, he has a male enhancement pills, and Sarah's like, "Why? Does he have a small penis?" And her friend's like, it, "It's fine." Oh <laughs> no! And you guys know this girl. If she says it's fine, it's not fine. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Oh, oh I actually feel really bad. At <laughs> What's going on? He, he's a dick. On he is a jackass. I don't give a flying fuck about Yo, this guy. You know what's going in my gratitude journal tomorrow? Whoa! <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> I do, I do, Michael. I do. As a millennial, I have a gratitude journal for every morning. I love so much that you have a gratitude journal. <laughs> and um, this one. It's going to be... It goes out to the girls. No, it goes out to just not having a micro pee. <laughs> That's hilarious, I, I'm Adam. sure he doesn't. Honestly, I'm sure he's fine, but like, got stuck in a trap where he was like watching too much porn or something. Dude. <laughs> are, are those are the penises in porn, are they bigger than average? I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that big to you guys? Asking for a friend. I mean, I've never seen one that. Tell me that when big. to stop. <laughs> tell me, tell me where to stop. Oh, Samuel. <laughs> Samuel oh, Wilkinson. Asking for a friend. Samuel West Wilkinson. <laughs> okay, we don't need to get into this. Full Another named. thing to edit. <laughs> Full name. I'm not editing that one. <laughs> yeah, guys, the the first episode turned out well. Um, we did talk about secret well. sauces. <laughs> I guess. Okay, did I overhype that story? It was pretty good. No, though. that was great. That's <laughs> a great story. Okay. That is. I'm not sure you overhyped it, but the anticipation and then like Sarah almost telling it, I was like, oh my god, who almost, you know? Yeah, she really wanted to be the one to surprise you guys with that gem. That's fair. It's her friend. Well, Actually, I have to know why she felt it was necessary to call Sarah at seven thirty in the morning to tell the story. Because girls need to tell each other everything as soon as it happens. She's what you call a sharer. I guess so. <laughs> um, and her name is Cheryl. Sharon. Sherry. It's not. Please stop. <laughs> I'm just I kidding. Can't edit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have so much time to do at work that's not work. <laughs> we know. all know that 20% still has to be work. Okay. No, I actually did a lot of the editing on the plane when I was out to Seattle, but like today, adding the uh, the music, which is it's fun, right? You guys enjoyed it. It's very fun. Had a great uh, time listening to that I music. Know. I feel yeah. like kind of remind me a little Flumi, you know. <laughs> Another sponsor, <laughs> like the band, not like the artist, the band, spitting up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. No, Flume, the the artist, the EDM artist. Now you finally have some uh, appreciation for what goes into editing. I do for the first time ever. It's like it, and I'm doing this on GarageBand. And so yeah. I'm sure there are easier tools. 
Uh, but I'm I sure there are more complicated tools. I did a lot of Googling on how to do the mixing and how to like fade in and fade out. Things Honestly, like that. I'm not, a lot. It's I'm pretty not sure there's a better tool for it starting out than GarageBand. I think it's... You have a lot of experience with GarageBand? Yeah. From when I was like starting to record music and stuff? Yeah, for for the listeners out there, Michael Brazell actually went to was it Austin, and and tried to tried to give the whole music recording thing a go. I think, yeah, it was it was really, really fun. I found out that music is very much a hobby and not something I want to do as a career. But Austin is such a cool city, just in general. It's one of the coolest places of places I've ever been. Like, really cool vibe. All right, so here's here's my question for you guys, and I'm gonna bring it back to the millennial conversation, because I feel like I'm the only one that's like thoroughly disappointed in the way that we're portrayed in in society, and I I realize I'm probably too aggressive about it, but maybe it's because we were told we should be unique little butterflies when we grow up, and then people tell you that you're a millennial and you have these traits. And it's like, no, I, I don't think things are going to be given to me. I'm fucking competitive. I, w- I want to win, and I want to be the best. But, like, maybe that's – maybe I'm too aggressive. Along? Maybe I'm too aggressive about it. Like, let's, let's start with Adam. Like, I mean, and honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. You still live at home. So, like – Nailed it. <laughs> no, I know. And, and people probably complain about that, but it's like, holy shit, you have, like, a really nice setup and – Honestly, you're trying things. You're you're trying to get out there, and you're trying to find what you like to do, which is is probably a staple of millennials. Well, I I definitely fall into the millennial category in, in a number of different levels. Uh, the work smarter, not harder. That is kind of uh, a good way to describe me. Maybe the best way, at least to describe uh, my career path. Um. And another way, another thing that is accurate is that I do live at my parents still. Holla. Nailed it. Uh, we'll be there this summer. Oh, man. It's Pool a parties. Gr- oh, it's a Jesus. Great. I really hope this Newport Beach thing works out. <laughs> or uh, the Corona Del Mar CDM. Well, I don't want to get. Put I know, I know, uh, I know. I want to put the coolers on, but I really don't want to uh, put the coolers on. <laughs> <laughs> another thing to edit out. <laughs> Why would we edit that out? If we could have a Club Steve in Holiday, Utah, and a Club Steve. We got a little CDM. I was talking about this with my sisters from the league, the EBDBBNB LB. It'll be the Club Steve LB. We need to come up with a better acronym for it. We got to live with less filters. We live in the day and age of just access to information. Mike, you almost almost went a good episode without... Too much ice cream coning, <laughs> but you. Why do you call mine now? He just did it. No, he did it. He he wasn't really. I oh, mean, he you're a bitch. He didn't what did turn, I do? He what did I turn do? the microphone into an ice cream you cone. He held it a little slut. too far away from him. You dirty slut. So it's like he let he let it out of his mouth mm. instead, where Michael, you turned it vertical, which oh, should be you horizontal are a when it's going. You are a dirty at stickler. Your face. You are yeah. a dirty stickler. I'm glad that we got that over with. <laughs> the anyway. Anywho. I was Adam, please I mean like what why do you live at home? I mean it's not I know that you can live <laughs> what the you fuck? can easily earn no. enough money to find a place to rent. No. In fact you have friends that have rooms open eventually like occasionally that you could probably rent. 
No, yeah, the opportunity has been there. And I had a job uh, making a decent amount of money, and I could have moved out, but then I quit that job. But it was just a decision that I thought, uh, you know, I'll sacrifice the short term for the long term. And uh, that's kind of where my head was at. And I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I don't regret doing that at all. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if that's kind of my thought process. If your parents tried to kick you out, would you, I, I mean, they like, that's the thing is I, I just can't see them saying, Oh, like I would rather you settle than like maybe spend another year here, like trying to actually chase your dreams. Yeah. Well, it's not like I'm just, you know, not doing anything, just wasting away chilling at the parents house like that's that would be another story not trying to do anything with my life but i feel like uh at the moment it's kind of uh i don't know sacrifice isn't the right word but you you pick and choose what you want at certain points in your life and and maybe you know if you do make some decisions earlier in your life maybe it'll pay off later can we talk about how weird it is that that's part of our culture that when a kid turns 18 years old it's like oh they better go off to college and then be on their own forever because you look at so many other cultures around the world and it is totally normal to have multi-generation homes i was that's actually a really interesting point i think that's an atul gawande point right he talks about multi-generational homes that that's actually how it should be where you i mean you start off at home you eventually go off it's not necessarily 18 but then you actually come back and the older generation is taken care of by the younger generation as opposed to just forgotten, which seems to be <coughs> what happens a lot. Yeah, we have, I mean, we have, you know, old folks and old folks' homes, and then we have grandkids that need tending. And, yeah, I mean, we have all these different That's needs, and everyone's just living in their own siloed world, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's such an interesting point, honestly. That older generation that no longer has a place to be and it's like you forget about them as opposed to a lot of times the cultural norm is bring them back and it's kind of your role to to take care of them. Actually, so I just want to launch into a proposal that I've been working on uh, that the four of us all move into Club Steve together. I just, I don't know, is that a wacky idea? <laughs> That's a different proposal than I'm also working on. <laughs> oh she knows no names no names were proposing to chris uh yeah no i've talked to (laughs) steve though and i think he's down if we uh well there was gonna be we we had scheduled uh, a staycation right wasn't that we we do have a staycation pencil we didn't only discuss it we actually signed on the dotted line delivered like the money is paid thank you chris I just wanted to yeah, fill that in. Yeah, you picked it up. Um, but yeah, uh, we could turn that staycation into just maybe a permanent residence. We've got we've got beds open. We got beds. We got people for those beds. Nailed it. Done. You know, I don't think I've ever seen your bedroom, Adam. I've seen it. It's red. <laughs> it's red. It's a lot of red. It's favorite color. What's your favorite color? Uh, My favorite color is maroon. I. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I have a favorite color, but I do like red. When I was 10 years old and the house was being built, I liked red a lot. You don't have a favorite color? It's a solid color. I have colors that I like. 
I like green. I don't know if I can specify one. He's not six years old, Sam. He doesn't have okay. a favorite color. Chris, what's, what's your well, favorite what, color? Yeah, Sam, it's what's maroon. Your, what's your favorite color? <laughs> what's your favorite color? Sierra blue. Sam. Blue's my favorite color, for sure. What shade of blue? Easily. Royal blue. I like all the blue, shades of blue. Baby blue, sky blue. Every shade. They're all good shades. All right. Mike? Favorite color? Yeah. Hit me with it. I would say green. Nailed it, because you're wearing green. Yeah. You do love that Eddie Bauer. That Eddie Bauer. I love Eddie Bauer. It's a Mike staple. I was in Nordstrom once, and he's like, what would you like? And then he looks at me. He's like, you're more of an Eddie Bauer guy, aren't you? Who's he? The guy, like the sales rep. Oh, gotcha. And I was like. I thought you were talking about Eddie Bauer. Eddie Bauer was there at Nordstrom? If he was. Why was he at Nordstrom? (laughs) Dude, he was trying to just promote Eddie Bauer and bring people back over. Anywho. All right. <laughs> Do you think that the Eddie Bauer edition of like the Ford back in the day, you could mm-hmm. like buy a Ford Explorer Eddie Bauer edition? My family owned one of those exact cars. Yeah, my grandpa did. Yeah. Like, was do you think that sold cars? Absolutely. <laughs> there were so many of them around the streets. Well, that was that because it was just like the nice model, or was it because people were buying it because it said Eddie Bauer? Honestly, I think they just took their like premium leather interior edition and slapped Eddie Bauer on there. Do we know the backstory of Eddie Bauer? Like, all right, we're not was, doing that. Was he a climber? <laughs> we can. We, hey, I mean, w- unless we're unless somebody knows. Oh. Yeah, yeah like, no, he was Patagonia. Well, I mean, if someone knows, then He's why the fuck not? I mean, yeah, an outdoorsman. Pat- Patagonia is like a mountain range in. Uh, is it Chile? But do, do you know the story Argentina. with Patagonia North Face? Argentina. Sorry. the The founders of Patagonia the North Face were friends, right? Isn't that? Am I mixing up the story? That'd it's Patagonia kind of North Face. They they were friends, and they went on this huge long backpacking trip to uh, South America, and you know, did a bunch of climbing. And that'd be weird because Patagonia is the southest of the south, right? But they no no I'm I'm, I'm actually I'm pretty sure they both started these companies at the same time, That's and really they cool. were friends, and they've both turned out to be wildly successful. Come back to us on that, Sam. Um, Were they millennials? But I wanted to push from Adam's explanation. Actually, Adam, did you? I mean, we never it, really does wrapped it, that up. Does it bug you when people? I mean, like, just maybe definitive let's, answer. Let's wrap that up. Yeah. So I was like, just saying, I was saying my circumstance, what I, you know, what I've done, and yeah, the term millennial and the, you know, connotations that go along with that kind of do describe me, but that doesn't bother me. Because it doesn't bother you, it doesn't make you angry when people are like, oh, you live at home and you're like, I don't know, 25? Uh, no, it doesn't bother me. Because. Good. It, it fucking shouldn't. I, sorry. Because I chose to do that. So, well, I, I don't know. I, 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 that's just kind of maybe my personality is that I tend to brush a lot of things off. I don't really care too much about what people might think or say about me. So maybe that's just me, but no, it doesn't bother me because I know that like I have a plan for, you know, the direction I want my life to go. So, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that. All right, Mike, I'm going to throw it over to you. Like, does it ever bother you that people kind of group you in with millennials? And like, even, even when it, I guess, even when people tell you, it's like, oh, you, you don't really like fit the mold of millennials. Like that's a. I mean, that's supposed to be a compliment, but it's like an insult to your generation. But I don't know. Do you, well, I guess, what are your I'm, thoughts? Does I've been you? mulling it over quite a bit. 
So I think that stereotype happens for each next generation. I highly doubt we are the first generation where the older generation looked and was like, you know, back in my day, you know, we we didn't have X, Y, Z, and we were less entitled. I think that's honestly like a human trait to kind of look at the future and look at the future generations and say, what you're doing is not the norm, and it's different, and it scares me, and it also seems incorrect. So it doesn't necessarily bug me, but also the negative connotation is uh, it, it's really interesting because it's it's almost the, the norm to have that for each generation. I don't think it's a new thing. Uh, yeah, and al- along those lines, I actually think it's like, I don't know, new generations probably learn things quicker than previous generations do. I mean, like my dad... And I have been along the same lines of like, okay, we learn like this, this, and this. And and he's like what I consider like very quick at learning things. Yeah. But I still think that I kind of learn like technology a little bit quicker than he does. Do you, do you have like a specific example that comes to mind? Because I think it's true. I just, I think it's it's cool to give context. I mean, for my dad, I, I would... It, that that's a little bit harder, but I do think that I kind of pick up on a little like technology a little bit quicker yeah. than he does, and and part of it is like oh like I learn things on uh, social media a little bit quicker than he does, and I I was probably like adopting things quicker than he he did, so yeah. maybe that's why I see that. Mm. But it, on like I guess you look at my mom who was born two years after the after him, <laughs> like I'm I'm teaching her how to use a phone, like. And it's maybe maybe adoption is the the correct term, but I think I probably adopt things a little bit quicker than they do, and so that makes me feel like yes, I I'm quicker to like learn things than they are right now. But and isn't that more a brain development thing than just like a generational thing? No, it probably is, and maybe that like brain development thing means that we're getting smarter faster than the previous generation. But I'm guessing the previous generation was getting smarter faster than the generation before that. I think there are actually some really interesting studies that talk about the the growing intelligence of of people. Um, they oh, It was an interesting Tim Ferriss podcast where he had the guy on who originally had created some kind of standardized test. And he talked about how they had to keep changing the 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 basis level for like what was considered like l- average level because people kept getting smarter. No, I've heard, yeah, I totally I've heard I that. don't I don't know what the the name of the guy was, but like that's a valid thing and it's like people are actually getting smarter, but they're not sure exactly where that comes from or how it's necessarily happening. No. So I don't know if that was Tim Ferriss. I actually think it may have been uh, It was definitely he was definitely on a Tim Ferriss episode he talked uh, about it. What's the what's the chap that wrote like David and Goliath outliers? Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. Ma- Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. Um, he actually, I I know that he's talked about how like they've adjusted uh, intelligence tests. Yeah. To like uh, be a little bit harder. So what is that like? How is that actually? How is that actually happening? It's I, I think. It's Why is that happening? We're we're developing the ability to like process the things that our generations like the previous generations created. So, like, if a previous generation... Is nutrition involved? Valid question. I don't know. I'm, like, 6'3", and my dad was 6 foot, and he was the tallest person in his family before then. 
So was it prenatal vitamins? Well, that's just <laughs> genes, though. They're recessive <laughs> genes and everything. Yeah, recessive genes. But but go back two hundred years. What was the average height? That's it. Is nobody in my family has ever been? That's explained nutritionally, though. Three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. So maybe there's a little bit of the brain development side that's attributable to nutrition. It's interesting. Regardless, I can't believe I said attributable without <laughs> messing up. I couldn't even say. <laughs> uh, well, education has changed <laughs> dramatically. Think about, yeah, absolutely. Think so about the education that your grandparents had compared to the education that you had. When you're young, when you're growing up, in your developmental years, you are being bombarded with so much more information than they were. Okay, I guess I was picturing it like in a school environment, like education systems. That too. My grandma dropped out of high school, and it was like totally fine. She worked on the farm, and like that's just how it was. But I didn't necessarily, like, I look at the way we teach, and I guess that's that's how I'm seeing it. And, like, we haven't necessarily changed in that regard, I guess is what I'm saying. That hasn't changed, but, like, when our like grandparents the, the were growing up. It hasn't changed our grandparents, in 30 years, but it has in the last 60 years. Like, our resources have changed. Right. Is like, that, our grandparents had access to how many different textbooks? A handful, and they were probably all 15 years out of date when they were reading them. Yeah. And now we read articles. Like, everything that I, I do in my program. If it's not it, in the last two years, it's like, whoa. It's way outdated. Some, yeah, exactly. Our, our lectures are up to date within the past couple of months. Yeah. You know? It's true. I just don't know what that is. And like, I think we're laying – I think uh, when, when you're younger, you know, you're kind of molding y- your intelligence and, and your brain yeah. capacity – you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And w- the more it's, you know, it's a muscle, right? The more you work it out in the younger years, the stronger it gets. And so we're better. Yeah. It's it's bizarre and uh, very, very fascinating. I just, I, I very much don't understand it entirely. Yeah. So take that, Gen X. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. Uh, Welcome back, Chris Gibbs. Gen y I f- had to pee. I've been drinking beer. You guys don't even understand the premise of the show. Gen Y for life. You should drink beer <laughs> while we try to explain things. L Y F E spelling. A cat and four podcasters walked into a bar. That was a wet joke, Chris. That was a real soft wet joke. That was the wettest joke. Well, I was gonna throw it to Sam, but Sam had to pee. We don't know. He might be getting a tattoo. In my bathroom? Alone? <laughs> one <laughs> of those like stick-on ones that you just put water on. Oh, those are fun. I haven't <laughs> done one of those in years. So I've never done one of those. Classic Melania on They are pretty cool, though. Like we should like do them for uh, the next recording. Actually, I think you can... There's a website where you can go in and like put a tattoo that you're considering getting into like the... Oh, yeah, you can... And an augmented reality a, puts it on you. Augmented re- No, you. They send no, you, you a send tattoo. you a print, and then you can do like. <laughs> oh, I totally, I totally <laughs> was like going a, a different direction with that. God, I, you freaking millennial! <laughs> I thought you were going to say a tattoo you were considering getting, and then you they like took a picture of you and then put the tattoo on you, like and to show you what it would look like. No, they. Uh, I bet that's guys, out there too, though. I'm absolutely sure it's out there. Yeah. Gut response. How do you feel about our generation? I feel fine about it. Uh, I I feel great actually. I hmm. I feel like we may not. You know what? The the one thing I will say is. I I don't think that we're perfect, 
but I think that we're way less unstable than previous generations think we are. Like, I think previous generations think that we don't work hard or that we, like, can't hold a stable job. And it's like, no, we, we jump around jobs because, like, things change in our world so much faster. Newer, than faster, better, yeah. Yeah. In, in fact, like, Moore's Law is real, very much so. Think about how many years it took GM to convert from, uh, like, before GM became General Motors, they were actually a company that made carriages for like horse drawn <laughs> is that bizarre yeah you look to think at about company. the gap between a fucking horse and buggy and then Adapt. a motorized vehicle how many years did it take gm to say you know what i'm not gonna make any more carriages <laughs> like you no imagine being like the the it, meeting the like board of executives are just sitting down they're like all right so we've tested out the horse and buggy i'm pretty sure we got to make this paradigm shift in our lifetime alone, you went from I have to consult a like a box set of encyclopedias to find an answer to something that I'm not sure is in the encyclopedia mm. to uh, like I can pick out my phone and pull that information in in like 30 seconds, if that. That's how long it takes me to type it out. And eventually, I won't even have to type it into my phone. I'm just going to think it, and my phone's going to be like, oh, here's what you were wondering yeah there's like some one day one day there's like a bizarre stat where some person in africa has a phone that has internet access they have more just access to information than the president of the united states did in like mid to late 90s which is a pretty fascinating idea 90s that's less than that's like the beginning of the millennials well no it's like end of the millennials Right, I mean, it was like the end of the beginning of the millennials. <laughs> mm. You heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> um, it's been interesting. It's really. I'm just comparing this to the uh, the first episode. It's really fun because I don't. It's just like a completely new thing that we're doing. It's just really fascinating. There's so many less beers than there were the first time. You guys False. have been softballing it. I, I am number six is feeling pretty good. You've been hitting them hard. I feel. No? I have five empty in front of me, and I did three before the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, you've been hitting them hard. Yeah, I, I don't feel it just yet, though. You I mean, I feel it, but I don't, like, I actually don't feel as drunk or as buzzed as I did when we were recording the first podcast. You were sharper during the first one. I was sharper than I am now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no pressure, now. That makes it feel great. quite disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, although you say I'm sharper than I was in the first podcast. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But I think all three, or sorry, all four of us, like Sam was the only person that said something insightful <laughs> like in the first podcast. Thanks, Chris. Shut it's up, because I'm the most competitive. Most of the things you said were <laughs> stupid-ass shit. But uh, that one time Can't you said... Can't let the ego inflate. <laughs> yeah, that one time you said, you're like, oh, and you made the comparison of... Like the secret sauce of people trying to figure well, don't out. Don't tell them it's a tease. They got to go back and listen. No, it's not a tease, Adam. We don't have we we have only thousands. We're trying to get to millions of listeners. But Sam said that the secret sauce is like trying to get out of hard work or trying to figure out a way to like cheat the system almost. And he compared it to making a pro and cons list where you're like 
trying to convince yourself into a good idea or a bad idea. Or, sorry, you're trying to convince yourself that a bad idea isn't as bad as the good idea or something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, Sam said the only intelligible thing in the entire first podcast. You heard it here first. Thanks, Chris. I didn't know we were giving out accolades. Actually, you were in the bathroom peeing, even though you haven't drank any beer. Uh <laughs> But I wanted to throw the question to you while you were in the bathroom, but you didn't take the microphone with you, even though I got the 20-foot the cords. Um, but I wanted to throw the question to you. Like, does it does it ever bother you when people, like, one, they compare you, or they say you're a millennial, or two, they say you're not like other millennials? And, and that happens. I've been told I'm not like millennials. But like, for you, I don't know, does it ever bother you? Yeah, I think oftentimes, you know, when someone calls you a millennial, it's not meant as a good thing. I, I feel like, yeah, and I, I don't think it's too often that someone, you know, I don't usually I've never get singled heard the out. Like, oh, you're a millennial. Well, they they don't single people out, but very often do they do people talk about specific groups? I'm sure. I mean, all of us have four year degrees. I guarantee. Every single one of us was called a millennial by a professor or by a, a visiting speaker or something Professors numerous are times. so condescending in general. <laughs> so, I mean, guest lectures all the time. You'd come to a presentation that's like the go-to. Oh, I'm out of college. Oh, you're a bunch of millennials. Uh-huh. Everyone's over there using their Twitter. <laughs> yeah. While Twitterizing. We're, while we're thinking they're like the oldest people we've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're both stereotyping. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. we we totally started. I'm okay stereotyping. No one is using System Two in a classroom setting. <laughs> think, think slow about things. Nope, not in a class. <laughs> it's like, oh, this fucker called me a millennial. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm, draw. I'm gonna draw. I'm gonna draw pictures of dicks and then just move on with the next class. That's not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> I was thinking of Jonah Hill and Superbad. Like seven percent of kids do it. So sad. <laughs> that is a good Put movie. your phones away, you millennials. <laughs> All right. Hey, so, Chris, why don't does, you just... Does it bug mm-hmm. you? Yeah, absolutely it bugs me. Um, and I think it's something that kind of sticks in the back of your mind. Uh, a specific example, um, uh, medical education has changed quite a bit, and there's a piece of software uh, called Sketchy, Sketchy Micro, um, that uses these cartoon images to help you remember different uh, bacteria, viruses, drugs, um, and it uses this imagery to help things stick in your mind in a subject that's very, very, very difficult to memorize. Sounds sounds sketchy. And it sounds sketchy. It is, yeah. But Um, I'm And and, and so the thing is, like, (laughs) this looks silly to older generations, and they're like, oh, yeah, these kids just watching their cartoons. That's not as hard as what I used to do. Uh, But all of the research shows that this is a way more effective way to learn it's so much more efficient who cares if it's a cartoon if it works it works so let's do this um mm. and, and so i think there are things like that where you know our generation is leaning into it and if you ask i mean this is a piece of software that over 80 percent of medical students purchase during their their medical career um and so i think things like that are kind of it's just we're okay watching cartoons if we know the science backs it up to show that this actually works yeah, I mean, uh, on a lower level, like, um, you know, one being a, a famous brain surgeon and the other, like, I, I put a Band-Aid on my hand. Um, on that level, it's like, 
you know, for Sketchy, you have the little paper clip that taught you how to use Microsoft Word back in the day. Um, and it's like, yeah, that's that's kind of dopey, but it fucking worked. It worked and it served its purpose. That's pretty much where we are. Yeah. Put away your phones, gentlemen. <laughs> Just doing research here. Research for uh, yeah. Tell us what you were researching, Adam. Well, Adam about millennials and get my name right. Deuce on the loose. <laughs> Nailed it. Great handle name. <laughs> Almost as that's good a as millennial <laughs> name if I've ever heard one. Guys, <laughs> I really want to hear like a funny story. Can anyone tell me a good story? I mean, I have stories. Does it have to be about millennials? No. But it can just be like a funny story that's... I was bluffing. I don't have a funny story. <laughs> Anybody have like a good story they want to tell? Hmm. That's a solid no. Should we wrap it up? <laughs> I can't even remember like any of my stories now that you put us on the spot. Chris, why don't you sum up this podcast for us? All right. Well, this podcast went... Um, How long was that? It, I told you that it counts in, in like, oh, we are at 2,661 right now. I think for like an hour and 20, right? All right, that works. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, the greater fools, you you heard us talking a little bit about millennials and how uh, apparently I'm the only one distraught about the way that we're described in the world. Um, but at the same time, I think there is a little bit of hope and and maybe maybe we're not necessarily smarter but maybe we're learning things a little bit faster or maybe we're thinking things through a little bit better. Um if anybody has anything else they want to kind of add in, um Yeah, don't give up hope on us, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're st- we're still fighting a good fight. I mean, one e- Pareto principle at a time. Even even Time magazine said that uh, millennials are lazy, entitled narcissists. But what uh, sells who more? Still live with their parents, and uh, they they did say while they'll save us all. But like, what title is going to sell more or get more clicks? Like <laughs> one that's like millennials are doing pretty well still, or like millennials are distraught and fucked. No, but they they make a good point that we are we're very compassionate as. As a culture, uh, I'm not as a culture as a as a generation. And I'm okay with that. I am okay with that too. Are you guys ready to play some volleyball? Or sorry, some volley pong? Yeah, I am. This is really cool. I like that we're just doing this. This is fun. So is, for whatever it's fun. worth, it's fun and interesting. I thoroughly enjoy these moments. Thought provoking. All right, guys. And uh, next time on the Greater Fools, we'll be talking about something. Failure, so maybe. Maybe failure. Maybe not, though. We we may need to build up to that a little bit. <laughs> it's you know? a tease. It's a tease. Tune uh, in to find out. Maybe we talk about success and then <laughs> failure. <laughs> we'll probably talk about whatever the fuck we want. Love you guys. Thank you. I think you're the first person that swore besides me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Hi, Mom. You've been ki- keeping count? <laughs> Adam, I can't believe you just swore. Adam, you need to watch your mouth, buddy. All right. Uh, not bad. All right. Until next time.